What's poppin' fam? Welcome to Don't Touch My Mindset, a podcast that is designed to uplift, inspire, and motivate you, and most importantly, share tools to help you protect that mindset. Yo, are, are we recording? Yeah, we are. Hello, what is up? What's up? Yo, what is going on, world? It is your host, Jay Chase. I'm thrilled, excited, uh, feeling inspired, and just happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for rocking with me. Yo, happy Sunday. I hope you are enjoying your Sunday, or whatever day it is you chose to click this on. Um, Just, I hope you're having a good day. Yo, if this is your first time here, welcome. Please press the follow button. uh, Subscribe great review, do all the things, share with a friend. If anything resonates from this episode, share with a friend, like immediately. Like as soon as it makes you tingle, you're like, mmm, Jay, that's good. Share with a friend. Share. Share, share, share. (laughs) It really helps the show grow. Yo, we are headed over to the East Coast for this week's episode of Pivotal Moments. And it's I'm super excited to bring this episode to you because it's like a different perspective than I can normally bring to you. So I, I see it often in Columbia, just like with there being four colleges and, and party town, nothing but bars on every street. Like when it comes to somebody in their alcohol journey in college, trying to navigate their relationship with alcohol. Super interesting. Um, super talented young lady. Uh, an amazing conversation. Hopefully you found some value in it. See what you can, like, what pain points this conversation can help you solve. Um, what goals this conversation can help you achieve. And for some of y'all, how can you leverage what you learned from this conversation to improve who you are, to understand yourself, understand others, and recognize situational needs better. But I love you guys. I'm going to just let y'all get to it. Here it is. Thank you for rocking with us. Please share the episode, rate, review. Subscribe, follow. Oh man. We made it. Look, we, we did got it. it. We, we got did it. it. <laughs> we did it. Yo, super, super blessed, super excited to be here. Feeling uh inspired and, and also very connected. Um, we got Miss Lauren. I have no clue how to say your last name, so you're gonna have to bless the people and tell them that yourself. Uh, please, Lauren, uh, tell everybody who you are, what you do, um, how to say your last name, all the good stuff. You got it. I was going to make you try and guess, but I, I don't want to do that to you. So, uh, so hi, everyone. My name is Lauren, and my last name is Betkovich. Um, it's it's Ukrainian, Slovak, so it has the vich at the end. It's a little hard to spell, but that's okay. Um, but anyway, my name's Lauren. I am 25 years old, um, turn 26 next month. So I, uh, I am a recent graduate of uh, my undergrad not too long ago and my master's program. Um, but to give you a little more context, I am from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, go Steelers, um, born and raised. Um, grew up here my whole life. I am extremely close with my family, with my friends. Um, I feel like when you grow up in a place with your family all around all around you, you can't help but become extremely close to them. 
And in all honesty, growing up, I thought that everyone's family kind of lived like that. I thought that everyone lived close to each other and you got, you got together basically every Sunday for dinner because that's just how I grew up. I was blessed with a lot of good human connection, a lot of good interaction. And honestly, I had, I had a wonderful childhood. I, like I said, I am extremely blessed. I went to a good school. I, I graduated and, um, I ended up going to the university, Duquesne University in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I didn't want to stray too far from the fam, (laughs) but, um, like I said, I don't know. I just, I had this unexplainable connection with my family and And call me lame if I wanted to stay kind of close to home, but I wanted to stay a stone's throw away just because with my grandparents getting older too, that's something I I wanted to keep at the the forefront of my mind. Um, But yeah, going into college, I was a nursing major and I laugh now because I am not a nurse. All due respect to nurses, I give you so much credit for what you do and it takes a very special kind of person to be a nurse but I remember going to my parents about a week before school started and I looked them in the eye and I said I am not a nurse I said I really want to help people but I don't think nursing is the correct route for me and a week before school started I officially changed my major to business uh, marketing and it was full full speed ahead from there. I uh, I went into school, was very successful, made a lot of friends, was extremely active on campus, um, involved in a lot of clubs, and I would say probably about mm, like six months into freshman year is is kind of when the drinking became extreme. It became an outlet for me, for my anxiety, for the pressure and the uncertainty that I was dealing with in my life. And going out and drinking and partying on the weekends went from something cute and innocent to just self-harming and self, I would say it really knocked down my confidence. Um, So I was just becoming a different person, just kind of losing interest in all those wonderful things that I, you know, just spoke about getting in into the business school and being active on campus. I kind of lost interest in those things. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my story up to college. Um, after graduating, you know, I, I decided to, to take a different route in my life and, and we can get into that too. But, but that's just a little bit about me, kind of my background. Um, now I work in medical sales, um, and I love it, but, um, it's just, it's good to be here. And and I know at the end of the day that all those experiences are, are learning lessons. And it sounds so cliche, but um, I know why now that I went through those. And um, it's a blessing to come through the other side. It really is. Because I, I don't think if, if you haven't struggled with, you know, any kind of drinking issue or substance issue, you don't fully understand. You can, you can empathize with people, but you understand if you've really been through it yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, one fire. Thank you. Thank you for showing <laughs> up fully you. Wow. Um, so if you guys needed some context, there it is. Um, but I love, 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 love what you said about how it shifted from cute and innocent to just self-harm. And then you mm-hmm. lost interest 
and what and it's so interesting because you say you went to a good school you had a good family you have a good connection like I want all of those things for my child you mm -hmm. know what I mean but I also don't want all of the bad things for my child either and then just hearing hearing this side of the perspective from I didn't, I didn't, I didn't come from that right so mm -hmm. it's 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 such a perspective shift to see so I'm excited that you're here I'm excited to what we're gonna dive into um so tell me about when you noticed it was a problem like like when you they, they say you you notice before anybody else notices uh, discreetly like you know when did you tell yourself like hey, you should probably start paying attention to what did that look like for you what was that time yeah so i first off i love that question because i think any person that decides to stop drinking it's it's a very pivotal moment no pun intended but it is a very pivotal moment in your life because looking back you realize that it is but in that space and time you don't realize how big of a decision taking that that leap or or falling off that edge is in your life um i think i remember i just i remember being so i think overwhelmed with the freedom that i had um like i said family all around me and, and it was such a blessing but i I was always the girl in high school dedicated to sports on homecoming court, friends with everyone, always followed the rules, always by the book, always following the rules, always trying to be the perfectionist. And I think the moment that it hit me, where I really saw the shift was when I was out with friends and this was my freshman year and I lost my phone, I was out by by myself i got separated from my friends lost my phone because i was drunk and they couldn't find me i was with a couple people from school and they weren't friends with their friends long story short it was just a whole messy situation of them trying to find me getting lost from a party being in a big city being downtown not putting myself in a safe situation and basically waking up the next morning and being like what the hell just happened um, I think it was the fear that came over me basically the morning after of, oh my God, like, what did I do the night before? And I think that those episodes of drinking excessively and, and to the point of basically blacking out was where I really saw that shift. And the even scarier part was that I didn't care. Like, it, it was just... It was just part of the culture. It was part of the norm. You're in college. If you're going to go crazy and party, do it now. And I think I really couldn't see that very faint line in between going out and partying, being a college kid, and developing a problematic relationship. So I think like those episodes of, of getting extremely drunk and not knowing what happened is like, crap. I... I think I'm going a little too far and I don't know how to get back. Yo, so much honesty in that. So, and, it's, and for me, I can tell you how many times that I've, I've had those blackouts. I even had, I call them brownouts where I kind of remember, then I don't, then I remember later, then I don't, then I remember, like I call them brownouts. And then you yeah. have blackouts where, you just, where you're just like, mm. couldn't tell you what happened last night, right? But what, what 
what I've discovered recently is that is that the top three reason people don't don't reach out for help is because one they don't think they have a problem. Uh, two, uh, they don't know how to ask for help. And and, uh, and three, I can't, can't remember what three is right now. Okay, um, but. It makes me wonder, and, and and someone like you, and 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 with the life that you had and the experience that you had growing up, you know, did you ever feel like you could reach out to your family, who you have such a strong connection with, um, to talk about those those uh, brownout or blackout episodes that that you were having, and any way to come up with a plan for that? Like, how did you feel? Did you feel like you could ask for help? Did you feel isolated? Did you feel like you could speak about it? Was it normal? Like. What's up with that? Yeah, so I think knowing that I had such a wonderful family dynamic made me feel embarrassed of drinking so much because there was a part of me that almost felt guilty because I was like, I came from this amazing family. I have amazing friends. I have a wonderful academic reputation I have basically everything that I could have ever wanted at the age of 21 22 when I was partying really hard like what am I trying to run from so I felt like there was guilt associated to the behaviors that I was demonstrating and I felt like one I always feel like I could tell my parents anything but I felt like this was something that I couldn't be honest with and that kind of broke my heart um because one, you don't, no parent wants to hear that their child is over drinking and, and basically subconsciously running away from something. But I think at the same time, I was confused what I was running away from. So I was thinking, how do I go to my parents and tell them that I'm drinking too much? But I don't know why. Um, and, and you don't know why either, but we need to work on it. So I think, I think there was just a lot of confusion going on. Um, so I wanted to talk to them, but I, I think it was the guilt and the the shame of just doing it and not knowing the true reason. Um, but it, it it's funny how life works. Like after I would say my drinking was bad for I would say about one and a half to two years, my mom started to catch on to it, and um, we're super close. Um, we're like best friends and she would bring it up sometimes, especially if she would come up to visit me on the weekend and, and take me shopping. She would just notice that I was so hungover and so puffy and just didn't look myself. And, and she would bring it up and be like, are you, did you go out drinking the night before? And I would just try to play it off. Like, yeah, we went out. I had a couple. Meanwhile, I'm, you know, in some house on the other side of the city with friends and and just try to make it as casual as possible. But I think there was always that part of me that, that wanted to talk about it, but I never was fully 100% transparent because you don't want them to be disappointed. You know, you don't want your parents to, to see that they're sending their kid off, you know, putting money towards their education, investing their time, their efforts, and, and your kids just making a joke of it and going out and not taking it so seriously. So I don't think I wanted to burden them with that worry as well. When looking back, I should have, because it could have prevented getting even worse. 
So I, I have mixed feelings about it, but I just think there's a lot of feelings there that probably a lot of kids in college and just young adults and adults in general don't talk to their parents about. Like 1000%, no question. So it leads me to my, my, my exact second question is, what would have made you comfortable to it to communicate the, those needs like what could have mom have done how should she have asked you know in, in retrospect you know we it, it's not what happened but it, it's for the the future parents out there with kids that are in college you know how can they make them comfortable so that's something that they can bring up to them you know yeah and and i think that's such an important question that you asked there and i'm really glad you asked it because i think that any person that ever wants to be a parent and you like you said going to be a dad there's going to be certain things that you want for your child and looking back i mean hindsight it's always 2020 but i think maybe just saying you know hey i don't necessarily understand what you're going through personally but anger is not going to be part of this conversation like i think the moment that anger could be addressed but it specifically isn't is a powerful powerful thing because i think you both know that both parties could be could be angry you know the 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 kid who's drinking may not even realize what exactly they're angry about but using it as an outlet and the parent might be angry that oh my gosh like i didn't raise my kid to do this and, and that can just be a very head-to-head -head battle and, and it can turn, it can escalate quickly, I guess. Um, but just for like any parents, I would just recommend approaching the conversation with grace and empathy and just try to listen as much as you can. And I know there may be things that you hear them telling you that obviously you don't want to hear or sh things may shock you and instead of just reacting sporadically and reacting out of panic or fear, try to just digest as much as you can and, and really be there as a listening ear and, and step away for a little bit too if you need to because it's it's a heavy conversation. Um, and like, I, I really wanna be a mom someday. And I think about this having, you know, having that future conversation with my children and, and what it would look like. So I like that you asked that because I think it's important for young people and, and just people in general who don't drink to be aware of the conversation to to possibly have with their child one day. Yo, thousand percent love that. And it's like the the kid can come to can come to the parent as well. At least I want yeah. my child to come to me and say, yo, it, if we can keep anger at bay, let's have a real honest conversation because I'm struggling. I don't know yeah. what's going on. I need guidance, you know? Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, do you think too, like with your child, that that's something you want to bring up from the beginning and, and establish that transparency just from the get-go? Absolutely. Get -go? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, one, communication is key is any type of relationship. And um, the only difference between a relationship between me and my family and me and a really close friend is blood, right? And and if I'm open and can communicate with a really close friend, I should be able to do that with my family as well. Like, I, and that's and that's what I do. Like I'm a, I, 
I'm a professional speaker, podcaster, coach. Like we're we're gonna talk about the hard stuff and yeah. Uh, like I, I'm a disc facilitator. Like it's like we I, I study behavior styles and, and communication. So it's like one, I want to know who you are. Two, I want to know how you communicate. And three, I want to recognize your situational needs so we can provide those that when needed. I love that. I completely agree with you. And I think that it needs to be talked about because I think some parents too try to maybe hide it. Like if they've had a problem in the past and and kind of just be very stern and say stay away from alcohol forever and don't touch it it's it's terrible and and I've thought and reflected a lot about that and you know I'm 25 I would love to have kids in the next five you know three to five years and and I I pray about it like I reflect on it and I hope that I will be able to say the right words in in the time but I don't want to make it look like this terrible enemy i want to warn them about the precautions of it obviously but also you know let them learn and let them see in their own experience because i think just trying to to have that control is really a, a slippery slope and just trying to have full control over anything in life is a very slippery slope i have learned that <laughs> you know, it is uh it's the fact that one, I want one. What I see, or let me back it up. Like you, now, you got me all fired up. Now we're talking about. <laughs> no, <laughs> tell me, tell me. It is one. Some parents can put their kids on a pedestal, make them the best thing on earth, right? In their yeah. eyes, and that's their reality. That's their perception. There's nothing wrong with that. Love who you love, passionately, always, right? But then always leave room to communicate because you can't control another person whatsoever and like i've yeah. struggled with this because you have those certain parents who are like don't drink it's terrible it's the worst thing ever and then they see you go get a drink at the bar when y'all are out you know mm -hmm. so then it, may, it makes you it makes them it makes them curious and then you think about just having a conversation about what it is mm -hmm. and then allowing them to make a choice there's nothing you can yeah. do about and so as, as much as I want my, my son to be the best version of him, mm -hmm. as, as much as I want him to make godly decisions, as much mm -hmm. as I want him to to love and forgive and lead, like I understand that he has to see that in me in order to do that, mm -hmm. in order to instill those beliefs. Because I can't just preach it, but I must also practice it, right? And I think that's where a lot of parents, like... Who am I? I ain't even parent yet, right? <laughs> you know, but I'm just thinking about the things that I've I've seen, I've witnessed. Um, it's very anecdotal to me. There's some parents who don't practice what they do. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's setting that example and setting that standard. You can walk or you can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? You know, and I think that all goes back to holding yourself accountable and showing up for yourself too then we can show up for others and and hold others accountable it, it all starts from within and and that's you know that's some things we have to learn the hard way and some of those things we have to learn you know more easy but it's um it's definitely an interesting topic and um i'm definitely glad we touched on it <laughs> so let, let's let's go to that pivotal moment 
of mm -hmm. when when you decided to I, I want to say take control right because mm -hmm. there's, there's a choice that you have to make you're 25 you haven't drank um and i i, I don't know if you told us or not but you're you're, you're doing that by choice living mm -hmm. alcohol free like and, and and really wanting a better quality of life when i was 25 i didn't drink but that was because i was on probation and it's not mm -hmm. like i wanted that that was just due to the choices and actions that i had leading up to that so one what's the pivotal moment for you what was it what did it look like how did it happen Take us back then. Yeah, so I don't think I've ever really thought about the the exact moment that made me in my head decide for myself that I wanted to, to stop drinking. Um, I remember my mom and my dad sitting me down. Um, also, and, and my boyfriend too, he was, he was a big drinker. Like we really associated our relationship with things that completely re revolved around alcohol. Um, we would always go to the bar or if, if we went to any event, there would always be alcohol around because that's just our culture. But I remember my parents sitting us both down because we came, we came back from some date. And of course we were, you know, very tipsy drunk and it was just like a weeknight and we were very drunk and um them just telling us we're gonna sit down tomorrow and we're gonna talk crap i don't want to do this and um and they decided i remember it to this day it was uh july right in july um july 14th and they sat us on the deck and they just looked at me so seriously and you know with almost tears in their eyes and and they looked at me and they looked at him and at this point, Alex and I, we were dating for about a year and a half, but um, they knew him well. You know, he, he was close with the family too, but they, they looked at me and he was sitting next to me and they said, you're losing your sparkle. And I don't know why. I don't know if that is what hit me so incredibly deeply, but I just started bawling. I don't know what struck a chord with me so deeply with losing your sparkle maybe because i pride myself i've always pride, prided myself on being this bubbly inviting welcoming open honest energetic grateful person and when they said my sparkle was gone i thought what do i have meanwhile alcohol i thought added sparkle to me because it, it it gave me more of an opportunity to be more outgoing and, and release the anxiety. So when they said that to me, I think that's really when things shifted. Like it wasn't when they were yelling at me because they've yelled before. It's like when a parent tells you they're not mad at you, but they're disappointed. And you're like, why did you have to say that? Because it just, it hits deeper. It does. And they just looked me in my eyes and, and they said it and, and it was with a totally genuine heart. And after that day, um, I asked Alex, I said, are we doing this together? And a little over 14 months, like we're both, you know, over two years sober and truly like it is the biggest blessing from, from God. And um, I remember too, just uh, like I said, I spent a lot of time with my family, my grandparents and um, my my grandfather, he passed away last year. And I, I think one of the biggest things that I, I could have done for him was show him who I was again when I wasn't drinking and 
and be able to be there and, and take mm-hmm. care of him when he was gonna pass and and being able to go to his bedside and and sing to him and like read stories with him just those little things that you'll remember forever I was able to give that back to them and I was able to give that back to my parents um because you know I still live at home like no shame I'm, I'm trying to save up I'm trying to invest my money I'm trying to really become the best version of myself and I feel like I took a lot of that burden off of them by being sober as well because it just caused a lot of conflict a lot of anger a lot of anxiety um but that like looking back them them truly just sitting me down and having an honest conversation and 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 really telling me about the good parts of myself that was what made me want to change like when you're yelling at someone and just telling them they're a failure and and you suck and why are you doing this you're such a screw up that's not going to help anything but the minute you tell a person you could be more of what you used to be I feel like that lights a fire within you you know that that is one of you think you're on that's amazing and truly it's 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 wonderful how god works in mysterious ways you know amen um because it just that like was enough for that message to get through to you you know you you can put so many different meanings on it but whatever it meant to you it caused you to take inspired action and that's all and so you didn't lose your sparkle so that's good yeah yeah that's that's beautiful and then one thing about that is you know using empowerment using empowerment i've always been taught by over praising over criticizing that's what that's what drives a perfectionist and imposter mm-hmm. i mean imposter syndrome well but no that's that's really interesting to think about i've never heard that in any story of just being driven to quit by empowerment that you're losing who you could be and my biggest fear when I when I when I get to the end yeah. of my life is yeah. realizing who I could have been. Absolutely. And it's like you almost are mourning the person that you knew you could be when I was drinking. Um and it's like a, it's almost like a grieving process when you come out of the woodwork, when you come into the light of sobriety like I think the initial thought from for many people is to be angry like oh my gosh think of all that time I wasted think of all the energy that I could have put into bettering myself but at the end of the day you can't get that time back but you can you can grow from it like you can fail forward like take those failures and use it to propel yourself forward and um it's just why I'm such an advocate now and why I love following your stuff. Like, it's just, the world is not an easy place and sobriety is not easy. It's just not, but it makes the good moments better and it it makes life worthwhile for me, at least. Um, So I appreciate you just always being so vocal about that because I think it just, it needs to continue to be talked about. A hundred percent. No question. Thank you. Thank you for noticing, seeing, and hearing. Um, yeah. That's that's the best feeling. Yeah. <laughs> right? Thank you for the work you do, you know, a hundred percent, because it, you're, you're going to reach people I can't reach, and I'm going to reach people you can't reach. 
But if we work together, then we got 20,000 people handling their business and trying to get their life to a better quality, you know? So that's, 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 that's not working with the masses, but that's working with, with, with what does scripture say? The harvest is plenty, but the workers are few, you know? Yeah. You reap what you, you sow. So the reward of, of a good quality life is on the other side of, st- of you stopping poisoning you. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, and I think to just, just, I mean, aside from all the mental and, and accomplishments that I have, I've done after stopping drinking, like you said too, just the physical aspect, like you have so much more energy. And I was, I was almost 30 pounds heavier. My hair was like not growing. I, had I had a rash I had a psoriasis rash like all over my abdomen and my legs I had never wore shorts because my immune system was like fighting itself because I was just drinking basically every day every other day I went to the dermatologist I didn't know what was wrong with me meanwhile because my my body was basically begging for help um I just I didn't look like myself I was I was currently or constantly puffy and it's like looking in the mirror and it's like you're the only person that can save you like you cannot rely on any other human being to get you out of that state um and like you said before just recognizing that moment in your life where things just kind of click and you realize that you're meant for so much more than what you're you're giving yourself and you're not treating yourself with the, the respect that you deserve One, I love that you said that. I think that's huge. I think that's a huge part of anybody's recovery. And I say recovery um, because mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's the recovery of your life, not just alcohol-free, but so many different areas as well, such as mindset, mm-hmm. your body, your spirit, uh, your your networking relationships, your intimate relationships, your business, mm-hmm. and your hustle. So like what you do and how you do it, like it affects so much, right? And so I, I say recovery of your life, but I don't don't want you don't want to imply anything. But I'm recovering it, every day. <laughs> every day I'm recovering. So no, it, it's just it's super interesting because I work I work with different addiction centers and um, yeah. different different treatment centers, and um, some are like you can't say recover, you can't say this, you can't say that. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm gonna just be me. How about that? Yeah. But, uh, and, and show them how it's done. But yo, it, it's it's beautiful that you say respect because you like one when you when you stop putting the toxins in your body, you show your body respect. It shows you respect yeah. back. You know, there's something I heard um, at a at a conference this weekend was uh, Moose Moose said it. My homie Moose, he said, my mom used to always tell me that God gave me good health, but I didn't respect it. So now I'm going to get sickness so I can appreciate my health. And I'm like, ah, ah, right? I, we, we are blessed with good health. I'm sitting there like, yo, we're not even born with weaknesses. Our weaknesses are manufactured from the overuse of our strengths. If I'm an extremely supportive person, then my weakness is that I can't speak up for, you know? because I want to support everybody else. It's, it's, it's absolutely insane. And one, I'm glad that this clarity is coming through this interview. But what I'm saying is that that respect of who you were and the things that you did to yourself and your body 
through the the phases of drinking through the phases of overly drinking or you know abusing that alcohol the respect you should have for who you're going to be so much more worth fighting for you know um so sorry i had to process out loud i don't know where that tangent came from i appreciate the summary i don't <laughs> i do seriously i said and i think that obviously i don't want to speak for you but it sounds like you like to say things out loud like i do to myself it makes things easier to process and i think especially when you're talking with another person it just makes the conversation that much deeper and that much more meaningful and i couldn't agree more with you like without our health mental and physical we have nothing and just when we're poisoning and not respecting our bodies like we should they they let us know whether that be a terrible hangover or suffering relationships and and that affect your mental and physical health it's it's very real so so real i and i figured it out i discovered it people are attracted to health that's what that's what people are people are attracted to good health it's not not the step-by-step process it's not the 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 strategy that figures it out all or the formula to success it's good health how's that person's mind how's that person's health how's that person's body how's that person's spirit how's that soul? you know and we can't be tip-top shape if we have anything that's grabbing hold over our minds and who we are you know and and that's what i do with the disc assessment like i show people who they are naturally and then who they adapt to when they get into their adaptive environment we tailor a success plan and their recovery route through that and so it yo it one, it's wild, it's crazy, but two, um, <laughs> how would you, <laughs> what, no. Is that yeah. my dog? Yeah, no, I hear your dog, but I was, I was, uh, uh, I was saying oh, what sorry. you were saying something, I didn't mean, sorry. I didn't no, no, I, okay, no, mine cut out a little bit too, that's why I thought you cut off, mm. no big deal. <laughs> okay, um, so my question is, somebody who's just starting out on this journey, um, what do you tell them besides keep going? Because they can they can turn to any book and find keep going. Yeah, no, and, and I think when you're at the beginning, I think you're just annoyed, to be honest. Like when I first started out, mm-hmm. I was just so angry and annoyed at the world. I didn't want to hear anything from anyone. Um, and you probably, you might not even want to hear what I'm saying. You might think, what does this girl know? She's only 25. She's privileged. She had a wonderful upbringing. What does she know about suffering with alcohol abuse? And to someone who may be thinking that, I hear you. I hear that <laughs> everyone grows up, you know, differently. I, I respect your your outlook and your perspective. And I know even though we didn't grow up the same or maybe have the same circumstances, please keep an open mind. Please listen to everyone's story, whether they're 70 years old or 20 years old. Um, Don't judge other people's journeys because you're just beginning yours. And your recovery and your path to starting living alcohol-free is probably going to be so much different than you planned. So don't set a direct plan for yourself because yourself, I think that can be 
I think that can be hard because if you're if you're saying by day by day 14, two weeks in, I don't want to have any cravings or by day 21, I I want to, you know, I really want to focus on my physical health. I want to be a couple pounds lighter. I think it's good to set goals, but I think being too rigid and too strict in the process can be can be harmful. Like I think you need to listen to your body um and reflect on on your why. Um and really for me, like I said, my why when I truly decided to give up drinking for good on July 15th, 2020, it was for me. And I think if you maybe write out your why, that's what I did. I, I journaled and just having that specific meaning that can take you back when you're having a terrible day and you're like, I just want a drink. A drink would make this anxiety attack so much better. A drink would make this depressive thought so much better. Think about your why and, and go back to why you wanted to stop drinking in the first place. And I know for some people, you know, maybe that may not be the best method, but that's worked for, what worked for me. Um, for a lot of people, you know, try out different AA or, or reaching out to people or sober Instagram, sober communities. I think allow yourself to try new things in sobriety. Like I said, don't be too hard on yourself. This is something new for you. You are brave just for making the decision that you want to step away from the life that you were previously living. Like that is brave in itself. So I want you to recognize that and realize that realize that you, you don't have to confine to society because that was the biggest thing for me. I, I just, I wanted to be liked by everyone and I wanted to be a huge people pleaser. And I think that the second I chose to be alcohol free, I chose Lauren over the perception of Lauren. So that was pretty cool for me. <laughs> that would be my advice though. Yo, I love it. I love it because that's real. That's real. It's like get out of the window and get in the mirror. Quit looking yes. at everybody else, quit valuing what everybody else is doing, quit valuing everybody else's journey, value your own journey and look in the mirror and own that. You know, I, I believe that there are three levels of mastery and that, that's understanding yourself, understanding others, and then recognizing situational need. And so it's, it, it's like value you and what you do and what you bring to the table and your pace, how you handle challenges, how you interact with people and how you have, how you follow rules and procedures and all in compliance, you know, like, like value yourself. You know, so I get that a hundred percent. You can't, con can't control your, like, can't like dictate your journey. It's so crazy that you even mentioned people like saying, but like day 14, not, not wanting to have cravings and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I didn't experience that. I didn't experience that. Mm -hmm. It's like the first six months of my, my sobriety, I was actually locked up for. So when I came mm -hmm. out, I like had to relearn my, like, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> it, it's, um, but it's, it's so interesting. Like, don't, don't do that. Don't like, don't do that. Small yeah. steps, great distances. Promise you. Right. And that's, it just, it blows my mind and it, it's adding perspective for me. And I'm, I'm a strong person of willpower. I didn't do any rehabs. Um, I went to prison. I don't suggest that for anybody. Like don't, like don't yeah. get to that point. Like, but yeah. like reach out for help, of course, right? So closing yeah. question. One question that I ask everyone one is, um, mm, so now that 
Your mind is clear. The water is no longer muddy. Um, who are you? Without all the titles, without the, the failures, without the successes, without the trials, without the tribulations, who are you? And why are you here? I love that. Uh, I, I was thinking about and reflecting on, on something very similar to that last night. So I appreciate you asking that, but I am, I think at the end of the day, strip all the labels, strip all the occupational association, you know, what other people think of me, what I think of myself. I think at the end of the day, I am a child and a woman of God. I am the person perfectly made in his image who he wants me to be and that I think I'm learning that that is enough for me and it's a powerful thing to realize and and faith has always been a part of my life growing up but I think that I've always associated to that being a woman of God or being a child of God meant that you were always showing up and performing at your best but i think such a wonderful part of being a child of god and, and a woman of god is showing up as not your best best self and god loving you just as much like god loved me just as much when i was drunk at some club acting a fool like he still loved me at that moment as he loves me right now is he more proud of me now with the decisions I've made a hundred percent, but knowing that my value intrinsically who I am is, is stagnant. Unrelative of, of any decision that I make. So I think that at the end of the day, that's what, what grounds me. Like we all, we all get up. We want to go to work. We want to grind. We want to, you know, make our money, meet good people, make good connections. But at the end of the day, if you're not giving grace to something higher, like, what are you doing? You know, like it just, for me, it just, it, it doesn't click. <laughs> I, I, I love it. I, I was in a business meeting today. I said, uh, what did I say? I said, if, if one, I don't help people get sober. I help people live sober, sober. And love two, that. um, and, and two, if you don't believe in a higher power, I can't work with you. I can't. Like, that's, it, it comes down to the fact that one, like, you are not all that you need, but I don't want to get preachy out here. We, like, <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, I, I, and it, it was, it was so beautiful because we were talking about collaborations and like, they haven't even thought about that in their client. I was like, yo, I'm, I'm fixing people whole. I'm trying to mm -hmm. help people get whole. I don't care about man, woman, boy or girl. Uh, heroin or alcohol I'm trying to fix your character I'm trying to help people get whole so they can go to the right the right source not yep. not not the, you know I'm a, a resource I'm a resource yep. I'm not the source so it, I love that I love that <laughs> yo I, I love this conversation I love this interview so thank you thank you for being here on the show um one tell tell people where they can find you um how to contact you anything you want like shameless plug <laughs> wow free free floor there um no but thank you so much for having me it's just it's such a blessing like to have authentic real conversation and like i said connecting on on social platforms is one thing but it 
you know, strip everything down, just having a face-to-face conversation is, is so powerful. And I, I think we all need to be doing more of it. And it's just such a wonderful thing. But um, if, if anyone wants to reach out to me, ask me questions, uh, connect with me. I, I love Instagram. That's probably my number one platform right now. I run a blog on mental health, wellness, living alcohol-free, and just how to market yourself to be for success and to be the best best version of you. Um, so it's Lowe's, L-O-S, underscore life, underscore. Um, and I recently just started a uh, blog that is kind of, you know, something in the works, but it's called The Right Mindset, The Right, W-R-I-T, Mindset. So it's a, it's a blog where I'm, you know, starting to write more, a little bit more about sobriety mindset. So I'm I'm having that in the works as well, but connect with me on Instagram. That's where I'm, I'm most active. So I would love if you came and said hi and uh, just let me know, hey, I listened to the podcast and uh, would love to connect. I love that you're doing it too. I love that you started the blog. I love the name of it. Um, please Thank you. Out, uh, I can support 